Welcome to the Success with God and Psych podcast, where it's all about a purpose-driven life where God and psychology mix together and guide your way. And now, your host who's funny, informative, and a straight shooter, doing this so you have a better life, Dr. Jessica Kersner. Hey, 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 you know what I like to say, there's no better day than today for blessings, impact, and purpose. And today we're going to talk about a difficult topic. Uh, And I think it's difficult just because it's one that is going to pull at, if you're an audience and you're listening, it's going to pull at you, it's going to cause you to challenge yourself, uh, challenge your convictions, challenge your beliefs. And I I somehow think that's a good thing. Um, It forces me to as well. Lately, you know, I've been listening to people around me, listening to um, the media, watching people on social media. And I think the best way to sum up what I'm talking about today is in a quote I saw over the weekend uh, from Dave Chappelle, of all people, right? Um, So Dave Chappelle said, our culture has accepted two lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe, say, or do. Both are nonsense. You do not have to compromise convictions to be compassionate. And I holistically agree with every word he's saying. And so that today is what we want to talk about. If you disagree with someone's lifestyle, must you hate them or fear them? Can we not disagree about how we live our day-to-day lives and still Uh, be able to commune together, be able to be friends, be able to be accepting of each other. And secondly, if I say I love you, does that mean I have to agree with everything you do and everything you say? And today I think that we have a place where most people are getting to that black or white option. You are either with me in everything I believe or you're not. And we are losing that gray that we used to have. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, can I love you and disagree with your beliefs? Can I accept you and be friends with you and not agree with your lifestyle? That's what we're going to talk about when we come back, guys. Meet Fred. Fred once felt stuck in a rut and he had trouble connecting with other people. Then Fred read the book Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Fred found the book interesting and exciting. The down-to-earth approach that the book takes helped to increase his self-esteem. Now, Fred spends less time feeling bad, and he grew to first love himself. Eventually, he gained the capacity to connect with others. You too can benefit from The Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Get your copy for only $9.95 from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. That's Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kirshner. Get up on your signed copy at healingaxcoach.org. All right. So we're back, guys. Let's jump straight into it. So what uh, does God say about it? So I want to start with what God says about it, what Christianity says about it, um, because I feel like um, we get so many polarizing positions, right, Um, where you have people believe one thing and then, um, you know, it becomes so black and white. 
And Christianity is on both sides of that right now. So if you're a Christian people, if you say you're Christian, people automatically believe and expect you to be hateful towards things. Um, and so they, they're ready to discount you and push you to the side and say, oh, you're a hateful Christian. But then also on the other side, you have Christians who believe that if I'm not um, telling you uh, how you're wrong and what you're doing wrong, then I'm not doing what God called me to do. Um so I'm going to start with what does God say? And so when I talk about the scriptures in the Bible, I'm coming from scriptures that only have what God said. I'm not picking what any man said in that Bible. So I'm not coming from what Peter, Paul, or anyone else said. Why? Because I'm not going for their interpretation of the word. I'm going for just what God said, what he said, what he told someone, or what Jesus said he He talked about, or what Jesus said, right? So that's what we're going to talk about. And so the first one I want to mention is Exodus in Exodus 23, when uh, God was giving the law to Moses and he said in Exodus 23 and nine, thou shall not oppress a stranger for, you know, the heart of a stranger. And so I think it's important when you hear what God says there to take it all, because when he talks about a stranger, God talks about people who do not believe what we believe. They, they, they don't believe in him, right? So they don't know him. And he talks about, you know, the heart of a stranger. So when we know, what the heart of a stranger is like. It's a place of not belonging, right? If you're a stranger, you have no home, right? Or you 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 feel kind of lost. So it's a place of not belonging. It's a place of, of feeling stressed or feeling, you know, um, hyper aware of others' negative things about you because you're always waiting for someone to not uh, accept you, to rebuff you, to push you away. Um, and they're easily hurt, right? So when what he's saying there is don't oppress that person because the heart of that person is already in a place of stress. It's already in a place of not belonging. It's already in a place to expect you to rebuff them. It's to respect, expect you to push them away. Um, and so they're easily hurt. They're easily wounded. So why would we add to that? And so God himself says, don't do that. You know, does that mean you have to compromise your convictions? No. No, we're not saying that. But what he is saying is, you know, don't oppress them. And when you oppress them, is you're you're pushing someone down. You're you're holding them down. You're you're and we're doing that when we're saying, okay, let me let me judge you, let me convict you, let me condemn you, let me do all these things because he's saying, you know what, I didn't actually entrust you to do that. I want I want to do that myself. Let me be that person. You know, let you do something different. And so then in, uh, what is it? Luke. So in Luke chapter six, um, starting at verse 32, and I'm going to read this whole thing because uh, I think it's valid, but God is talking here again, right? And here he says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do go do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. So what he said is, okay, so if you only love people who love you, you aren't doing anything. That's easy. You know, so if you agree with people who agree with you, you associate with people who agree with you, you're not doing anything that's a challenge. You're not having to go out and practice what he's asking you to do, which is to love on people, which is to not oppress a stranger, you to 
to reach out, spread the word, to show love to people, shine his light. Well, if you only are doing that to people who believe you, if you're only saying, okay, on Sunday, I know the people who show up in church are the people who believe what I believe. And those are the people that you choose to make your friends or choose to associate with or choose to work with. And you, you don't have anybody you have to practice doing anything else with. So he's saying, and then who are you doing anything different? How are you doing anything? How are you going above and beyond? Tell me that, right? Um, so then he talks about, and if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lead to sinners, expect to be repaid in full. He said, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be the children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. So then he says, you know, God is saying, you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So what he's saying is, um, so is he asking you to be perfect to like you? No. And he said, I'm not asking you to be kind only to people who are not wicked. No. He's saying, even if they're wicked, I want you to be kind to them. I want you to show them love in some capacity, right? So he's not saying you have to agree with them. He's not saying that they have to believe everything you believe, but he is saying, I want you to be kind. Um, because you know, children emulate their parents, right? And he says, So if I'm your father, right, then you will emulate what I'm emulating as being kind to people who are ungrateful and I'm being kind to people who are wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. And mercy, so we say, okay, when God gave us mercy, okay, so he I have my sins, I have my flaws, and he gives me mercy every day, grace every day, right? And he's saying, I want you to try to be merciful. I want you to try to work that principle to say that everybody deserves a measure of grace. You know, people mess up. That's what they do, right? People believe stuff that you don't believe. And by practicing that, that doesn't mean that, okay, you rebuff them or you're sitting here saying how horrible they are. He's saying at this point, show them a little kindness, show them a little love, you know? Um, and understand that that is you being merciful. That's not saying that you agree with everything they're doing. That's not saying you're not, um, you're saying that what they're doing is right, but that's just saying that you can still be kind, even though you don't agree, right? So then he goes on to say in, in verse 37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for the measure you use will be measured to you. So he said to them, hey, don't judge, don't condemn. And forgive, right? And give. So he said, those are specific instructions. So when he says, do not judge. So uh, last time I checked, we aren't judging people who believe the same thing we do. We aren't condemning people who have the same acts we have. And he's saying, basically, you're not the person to do that. And so if you realize you are not the person to do that, then it makes it easier for you to do the pieces that he says right after that. Forgiveness and giving. So he's saying, okay, give to those people. So give them love, you know, give them the things they need um, and forgive them. So if they have done something to transgress against you, forgive them, you know? Um, so then he goes on to say in this parable, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. So what he's saying is, hey, can the blind lead the blind? So it's like, okay, uh, you are sinning just like this person is sinning, right? And they say that in scripture that, okay, everyone sins and we sin and we sin until the day we die. 
our goal is to reduce our sins, to be more like God, right? To be more like him. And so what he's saying there is, okay, so you both fall into the pit. Like if you are not full, like if you sit here and say, okay, you have no sin at all, then you're just as blind. You're not any better, right? So then he keeps going to say, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? So how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So what he's saying is, how can you help someone if you don't realize that you are not perfect? And so when you judge people, when you condemn people, when you do these things, you're doing it from a place of superiority. That's what you're saying. Okay, I don't do that. So you shouldn't do that. But really, what he wants you to realize is we're all flawed. We're all imperfect. You know, we're all not where we need to be. And so if you can at least go there, then you can realize that, okay, hey, if I show this person some love, if I show this person some some warmth, if I show this person um, some kindness, you know, then and only then can I reach them enough to say, hey, you got something in your eye, dude. You know, only then can I even be close enough to be able to give them um, some feedback on the things that they're doing that it, they will be receptive to. Right. Because remember, when you're a stranger, you expect the rebuff. You expect to not belong. You expect people to push you away. Um, you expect them to condemn you. You expect them to talk harshly to you. But when people are show you kindness, when people, you know, it comes from a place like a parent, you know, it's like, okay, hey, you know, when people say stuff to you, then you're like, okay, wait, something might be in there in my eye because they mean the best for me, right? And so that's what he's saying there. Do, do that, right? Um, and so when we look at this, you go, okay, so... Can you have friends that you have differences with that you say, okay, I can still love. I can still show kindness to. I can still do these things. Yes. I have plenty of friends that I do not agree with all of their behaviors or all the things that they choose to do. I have friends that used to sell drugs. You know what I'm saying? I have friends that um, have not been the best people. They have made mistakes. I have friends that are in the LGBT community. And the thing that we all get is that we all are actually friends. And whether they disagree with things I do or I disagree with they do, that's not a requirement to be friends. That is not a requirement for us to hang out with each other or like each other. But now when the conversation does come up, are they free to say where they disagree with what I have? Yes. And why? And I'm a, I'm free to say what I disagree with and why. And does that mean that um, I'm trying to change them in that moment. No, doesn't mean they're trying to change me. No, but I do understand. And sometimes it opens up a place. Most of the time it opens up a place so that we could both understand what you believe and I can challenge it. And sometimes challenges it, challenging it is when you realize whether you truly believe what you believe or whether what you believe is sound or whether, you know what, I, I want to challenge myself in that place or whether they want to challenge themselves in that place. And that's, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. And so what I'm saying here is what God is saying, God is saying, be kind. God is saying, don't oppress that person. And so if you feel that, hey, agreeing with someone's lifestyle, uh, you know, like if, if I agree, then I am giving up my convictions. No, no, that's not what we're saying to do. But we're also saying that you must not, you don't have to fear them. You don't have to hate them. And you also don't have to lessen your convictions either. 
to be kind to them, to love on them, you know, and to have them in parts of your life. That's not just there's Susie Q down the street that you won't talk to because she does X, Y, Z, you know, because her past is riddled with blah, 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 you know? Um, but that also says that, Hey, I can be kind, you know, I can, I can not fear them. I cannot hate them, which implies that separation, right? I can still love them without agreeing with everything they believe, say, or do. All right, guys, we'll be back. And I'm going to talk about what psychology believes about this. Have you lost a job, have a difficult relationship or money problems and life just feel overwhelming? Well, Sean Anderson said anybody who has ever struggled to plant his feet on the floor in the morning knows that life can be hard. It can be stressful. It can be overwhelming. But each of those negative, less optimal feelings immediately takes a backseat to the inspirational power of hope. It can be difficult, though, to have hope despite what you see every day. So when you feel this way, remember, hope is the emotional state which promotes the belief in a positive outcome. So let's shift that emotional state. Think all things pass with time. You have been through challenges before and will come out of this one. Lean and talk to friends, pastor, your family, or your therapist. Get a positive word. Remind yourself of the good things. I'm Dr. Jessica Kersner with your Heal Knack Dr. K's Focus Me Minute. Catch me at Heal Knack Dr. K at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email me at focusmeminute at gmail. All right, and we're back. So what does psychology say? So what it comes down to if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, must you fear them? Must you hate them? Um, and then if you love someone, does that mean you have to agree with everything they believe, they say or do, um, or compromise your convictions? Can you uh, still be compassionate to people without compromising your convictions? What does psychology say about that? And so to start there, what I'm going to talk about is tolerance and acceptance, right? Um, when you tolerate something, you can bear it for a, a, just a little bit, bear the exposure to it. But then, you know, you may need some separation eventually from it. You can't be, you know, around it long. You have tolerance and then you have accepting. And accepting is saying that, hey, you know, it's okay for your space. It's okay for you to believe what you believe, you know, because I realize I can't change that, right? And then I am not going to spend all my waking hours trying to change it for you because I realize I can't change that. And that's acceptance. And so I wanted to talk about acceptance and tolerance because a lot of people says, okay, I can't tolerate that. I can't do this, but we can tolerate things, tolerate, you can tolerate things in small. So there'll be things that people do or things that people have in their life that you just tolerate, you know? Um, and you tolerate that person. That doesn't mean that they have to be your friend. And that does not mean that they have to be your associate, but that does mean that your coworker, when you tolerate them, it means that you could be cordial, right? You could be nice because it's a limited time frame. They're not in your house. You don't have to do it extended time, but tolerance means that you can do it for a short amount of time, right? And you could be nice. You could do that stuff we talked about that God said before, right? To be kind, um, to not oppress them in that moment, to not judge or condemn in that moment. You're saying at this point, you know what? I'm not trying to be their friend. I'm not trying to welcome you into that space, but I'm also not trying to hate you either, right? I'm not trying to hate you. I'm not trying to act like I fear you. I could be around you. And so at some point, tolerance is there, right? We need that. Then you have the next step, acceptance, which goes a little bit past tolerance and says that, you know what? It's okay for you. I accept that that is okay in your world and that I cannot change it. And that's the place I'm saying that we should uh, we should ascribe to be there where we can say it's okay for your world and I can't change it. 
Because if you're a Christian, right, and your beliefs come from religion, any form of religion, you realize that you are not the person to change it anyway. That person, that God is the higher being, right? Nor it, that he believes that he he is the one to change it. So they have to lean towards him and seek him. And only there can they gain that strength and to change those things. But we do continue to spread the word, right? We continue to spread God's message, put it out there. And so acceptance, when we look at it without any religious principles, with what God, with what psychology says, period, acceptance says that you accept them for who they are, good and bad, right? So I accept you for what you have, but I also accept you for what you don't have. So I accept that I may have a friend that may not have the same education as me, but I accept that, you know, we like to run together. You know, I accept that I have a friend that may not have as much money as me and can't do some of the same stuff, but I accept that I enjoy going to uh, lunch with this person. I enjoy going to breakfast with this person and that they have a great personality, right? So we accept all pieces of this person, but acceptance does not equal agreement. So I may not agree with everything in their lifestyle, right? It does not equal approval. I may not approve of everything you do, right? And it doesn't mean that I lessen my conviction. So if I have a friend that sells drugs, right? Does that mean I agree with the fact they do that? No. You know, does that mean I approve of it? No, it does not. But does that mean that it lessens my convictions to be their friend? No, it does not. Because I can still say I believe that person should not be doing that. I can still believe that I can, and I can believe it, that it's wrong to do it, that it's not helpful to do it, that you're hurting people by doing it. But can I still be friends with that person? Yes. You know, can I still consider them an acquaintance or a family member and still be around them without talking about that the entire time? Yes, I can. And so psychology says that you can still be true to yourself and protect yourself and support yourself while accepting that person completely, right? I accept that that is okay for you. And I realize I am not the one to change it. That's all that says. That's it. I am not the one to change that, right? Um, so you can still disagree. You can still stand up to them. You can still ask things of them. But acceptance means that you don't try to change them. You know, you see something, you see them completely. You know, you see all the things about them, even the things you don't like, you acknowledge that. We acknowledge that I see that place. We acknowledge that that place is there, but I still accept you even with that, right? I still say that we can be friends even with that, that we can be family that's close even with that, right? And so psychology says you could do that. And the way we do that is because you realize that limitation. Now, if you are a parent, right, or a mentor or a teacher, then you're in a place where you're a part of the change, right? If I'm your boss, I'm a part of your change. So no, I don't have to accept that you're tardy every day to work and not say anything. I'm going to talk to you about it because I'm your boss, you know, but if I'm your coworker, I can accept that you're late because I don't have to talk about it all the time. It's okay for you. I can't change it. You know, I'm just like one day you might get fired. Just not going to say anything. Right. But if we're friends and one day you say, man, I was late this morning, blah, blah, blah. And I can say, man, you always come to work late. Like, why are you coming to work late? Like, what's that? Do you want your job? Like, are you sure? You know, um, and that allows that place to talk about. It. And they say, yeah, man, you know, I want my job. And I said, man, you know, you might want to get here on time. These people aren't going to tolerate that much longer. You know, there's a different place there. That's a place of love. That's saying, I want you to keep your job. You know, I want you, but I accept you for who you are. I accept you as my friend. Um, but I am still going to be able to say, 
is not okay when that topic comes up. But it's not the only thing we discuss. Where's your boss? Your boss needs to come across that and talk about it from the beginning. Your teacher, your paranoid, this, they're a part of the change. And so because they're a part of that change in your life, that that role they have, they're supposed to talk about it. But we, we are supposed to say, okay, let's just show them some love. Let's show them some kindness. Let's be their friend. Let's be their coworker. Let's be this person. You know, whether you're in a place of tolerance or acceptance. And let's just say, okay, hey, you know. That's just, that's you. That's what you do, right? So then how do we do that? So psychology gives you some specific things to do. I say, analyze yourself. So first look at you. Say, you know, where's this coming from for me? Why do I believe this way? You know, why do I feel this way? Is it just because your mom said that's what you believe? And I, I think you might need to, to, to introspect that a little bit longer. But if it is a true value, a true belief for you, where does that come from? Is it religion? Is it, you know, a pain? Is it past trauma? What is it? Why do you believe that way? Is it a book you read that you thought was really good that somebody wrote it, right? Um, but why do you believe that way? So first you're going to say, hey, what's coming up for me? Why do I think this way? Why do I believe this way, right? And then you look for positives in that person. So you start saying, what is good about this person? Because you can automatically spot the bad. Everybody can. But not a lot of people can sit here and say, what are the positives? So that person may be late to work, but they may work hard all day. So they may be the person that overachieves that work. You're like, man, yeah, you crank out like 200 more units of this a day than anyone else at this factory, right? So they're like, man, that guy works really, really hard, but still late 30 minutes every day. And so the boss is going to talk about them being late, but you can talk about, hey, man, yeah, you crank this out. So as a friend, when you're having that conversation and it comes up, you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, man, you work really hard when you do that. Amazing. Imagine what you could do if you actually got here like on time. Like you probably would set the record. Loving way to say it, easy way to say it from a place of love. And it's not from a place of condemnation. It's not from a place of judging, right? And so that's what that's what we're saying here is that when you realize you aren't the person to change it, that you can't change it, it changes how you approach that person. It changes how you talk to them. It, it changes things because at that point you're not condemning them. You're not judging them because you realize you are not the change factor. God is, or you're not change factor. Your boss is, or this person is, you're not that person, right? Um, so avoid using words like right or wrong. So just like I just said, instead of saying, you know what, dude, it's wrong for you to come work 30 minutes late. I'm here on time. What'd you say is man. Yeah. You know, you do crank that stuff out. You talk about the positives. Imagine what you could do if you were here on 30 minutes early, you probably set the real record, right? You probably set the record for the office on cranking out the most units. Um, so I don't have to say it's right or wrong, but I can still say, dude, that's not okay. You know, like, no. And you find a way to say it because you didn't learn that person. And then you can communicate it to them in a way that they are receptive to it, right? So then you seek understanding. And so psychology says, seek understanding, figure out why this person is that way. So if you find out when you're talking to your coworker, hey, you know, the reason why they're late every day is because they have an infant at home that has like acid reflux, gets sick every morning. Then you're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Or they have a bad car or you, you just never know what's going on that this is why this happens. And that person may need an accommodation or that person may need something, but automatically think they're lazy. They're, they're slacker. They're not, you know, they're just never on time. And it actually has nothing to do with what they believe. It's just a subset of what's going on in their life, right? It's a, it's a consequence of like some, some chaos in their world. 
um, that they have not figured out how to change. And so what we're saying is when you seek understanding, you know, and you're accepting that you can't change it. So when you come at that person or you're talking to that person about it, it's not coming from a place of you thinking that you're going to change it. You're not using words like right or wrong. But at that time, you could say, okay, that person is more apt to hear you. And you know why they're more apt to hear you? Because they don't feel like a stranger. They're not expecting a rebuff. They're not expecting you to hurt them. You know, they're not expecting you to push them away. They now know that you are in a place of trying to, you know, to accept them or to accept them, right? So then when you talk about that speck in their eye, they're like, I may actually have a speck in my eye, you know? And then also you may have some some suggestions because now you have some insight into their world, right? So the biggest thing here is psychology says, accept that you can't change it. You are not the person to change it. That gives you acceptance. As long as you keep coming from a place that you believe you are a part of, you're that change factor. Well, then all of those things that, that we're saying you shouldn't do, condemn, oppress, all those things you're going to keep doing because you somehow think that you are God and you are the person that's going to change. You're that genie that's going to make this thing pop out the box. And we're saying, you know what? Let's not do that. No. Realize that people change on their own, right? They change without you're not going to change them. You're not going to be the person today to say, you know what? I'm going to talk that out of you. I'm going to condemn it out of you. I'm going to make you do something different. No, 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 that's not how that's going to happen. And so psychology is really kind of saying the same thing that the Bible says here. They're saying, you know what? Don't use words like right or wrong. Look for the positive in this, in this person introspect with yourself, analyze you. So just like God said, look at you, you know, are you perfect? You know what I'm saying? Don't oppress, don't condemn, don't judge. That's looking for the positives, you know, seek understanding. Um, so they're both basically saying the same thing, which is you are not in control. And what I want you to do is try to seek some closeness with this person. Try to be, try to give this person, give them some mercy, give them some love, give them some kindness. And when you do that, then you get to a place where you guys can talk about what you believe. And when they see the light in you, they'll want to know, how did you get that, right? How did you have that space? How did you get to where you could do all, how did you get to where you could come to work on time when every morning I set my alarm and it, and it goes off and I go back to sleep? If it's just that for that person, right? They are just a slacker. So then you say, well, how do you do it? But if we're not in a place where we can talk, you know, then how am I going to get that information from you? Because you're telling me I'm horrible. I'm wrong. I'm not a good person. I'm a slacker. Well, there's no place there for suggestions. There's no place there for insight. There's no place there for growth. There's no place there for grace. There's no place there for love or kindness. And so what we're saying there is, hey, you don't have to lose your convictions. I don't have to fear or hate you, to dis but I can disagree with you. Yes, I can disagree with what you do. And I can still love you the same. And when people don't believe that, and I have a lot of people, because I talked about this one time before with um, showing kindness before on one of um, my YouTube videos. And, you know, you had people that came on there saying, okay, well, then if you do this, then you're not doing what people say you should do or what God said you should do. Well, you know, find a scripture where God said it. Don't find it where Peter said it, Paul said it. Find a scripture where God said that, hey, this was the way to show them the light, then come talk to me, you know, find a place where a psychology says that, Hey, you know what? Kick those people down. Keep pushing them down. Keep saying those things. And you're going to change that behavior. 
show me that, then come talk to me. But until you find that, till you find that, if, if, you know, even when you look at parenting, right, people talk about how, hey, you know, at some point you do have to teach your kids the right way. But if all you're doing is talking trash to them and all you're doing is talking negatives to them and you don't highlight their positives, you don't show them love, you don't give them um, some of that unconditional positive regard, right? Just that I love you for you, even when you make mistakes, then they don't change for the better. That parenting does not work. And so it doesn't work. If it doesn't work parenting, it doesn't work people. You know, even when we condition animals, we do better than that. You have to give, you know, when we're training dogs and we're training them to do behaviors, police dogs, whether it's therapy dogs, you know, whatever it is, we still have to give a lot of positive reinforcement. We still have to give a lot of acceptance. Even when they make mistakes, we don't beat them. We don't tear them down. And when we do that, it doesn't work. But can we say to them that wasn't right? Yes. Um, Can we say that? No, this is not how we want to do that. Yes. But we still have to do a lot of that other stuff too. We still have to motivate. We still have to be positive. We still have to show some kindness. We still have to be merciful. Right. And show grace. And so that's all I'm saying, guys. So that's it for today. Um, please check me out at healingx.dk.com. Uh, also on Instagram, guys, we got over 12,000 followers on Instagram. It is going awesomely every day. I'm really excited. Thank you guys so much. I love you. Um, the podcast for success with God and psych has over 9,000 followers. So between this and healingx.dk site, we have over 20,000 followers on Instagram. That is amazing. All to you guys. You're spreading the word. You're sharing the podcast. Um, Book sales are up, podcast downloads are up, you know, got some sponsors coming in now and it's great. Um, in October, I do want to announce we do have the first ever Mirror Me seminar coming up that weekend's personal growth seminar. It's going to be high energy, all talking about loving yourself, finding your purpose um, and what motivates you and how do you use that to fuel yourself daily? Because one thing is people burn out a lot, right? We face a lot of obstacles. You get burnout, out and that affects our consistency. That affects a lot of things. And so really, really, really want to know what fuels you, what charges you and let's keep that going. Right. And so that's going to be October 18, 19, right here in Park City, Kansas. Um, but guys, email me at healingaxdrk at gmail.com. Um, and guys, thank you. And that's it for tonight.